0: Okay.
1: Here we are. Here we are. Episode four. So, so, <laughs> so this is brown burn down. Brown burn, burn
0: down. The brown burn down. The brown burn. The
1: brown burn.
0: This the is burn. brown burn down. Burn down. Burn
1: down. Burn down. down. <laughs> brown burn down. Okay. Well, episode, here we are. Episode four.
0: Episode four. We back. We back. Happy, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. This is our this is our first
1: episode of 2019. This week we are cutting um, back to our pop culture roots and disclaimers that our our main topic is it's relevant. It makes- Oh, sense.
0: it is so relevant.
1: It's, it's it so, so relevant. So, <laughs> re- so anyway, before we get to that, we start our show as we start every show with Lies We Told. And I would say if I was rating us one to ten, we were like a three on lies. One being the best, ten being the worst. So we were fine.
0: I think we are fine. I mean, I think our track record so far has been pretty stellar. So anyways, (laughs) so if you listened to our episode last week, you would know all about the Indian people that have been in the American political sphere recently. We have... Unfortunately, we made a couple of omissions in the list. Primarily, there are two politicians that we, uh, two congressmen that we didn't include. One is Ami Bera and Raj Krishnamurthy, who are both Democrats in the House of Representatives. But we don't know much more about them. But good for them. Keep doing you, unless if it's bad. So stop. And don't. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so
1: that's lie number one. Or I guess it wasn't really a lie. It was, just it an, was omission. an omission. Lie by omission. Yes, sorry. sorry, sorry, Ami and Raja, we know you're listening. Um, we love you. We hold you in our hearts.
0: As long as you don't suck, we yeah, don't yeah. know very much about you. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, okay. Another. With well, this is this was not a lie, but um, our dedicated listener who will be making a cameo appearance later on. A dog. A dog. <laughs> A dog, dedicated me. listener, A dog, wanted us to clarify that we know that Hope Hicks isn't currently the head of communications. She
0: yeah, like we know
1: that. Three communications heads ago. Who is it now? Honestly, I couldn't tell you. So it was Sean Spicer, then Mike Dubke, then Sean Spicer, then Anthony Scaramucci, then Hope Hicks, and now Bill Shine since July 5th, 2018. Oh, wow. So he's last. They have the tally of number of days and it goes 45 right. days 88 days 49 <laughs> days 10 days 225 days 169 days so
0: good job 169
1: yeah <laughs> okay so whole um, pigs is out
0: That's a, that a good aware correction. that thanks Dog.
1: fyi yes. yeah
0: okay our final omission from last <laughs> week was this stellar joke about one the one and only bobby jindal who we mentioned <laughs> that he did his college education at the only aptly named Brown University, um, or not so aptly named because Bobby went there to ignore his brownness. So the irony in that was just too. Bottom. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, was was just, it was a dad on the joke. It was a dad joke that we just felt like to offer all the dads we had to include. So,
1: yeah. primarily our two dads who are probably. Yeah. Oh, yeah, dad. my dad to this, loved
0: yeah. that joke, so <laughs> that
1: was for you. Um, all right, so we're starting this new segment, uh, or we started it last week. The segment is called Our Friends Have Thoughts, and we're very excited to introduce our very smart friends and their thoughts to our dedicated listeners, um, and so we're very lucky today to have a friend in person who um, is very, would you call yourself active in the political sphere? Is that accurate? Sure. He's active. He's totally active. Yeah. Um, and so he had some thoughts about our last episode um, about Indos and the Trump administration. So we wanted to give him some time to to, to have the floor. So, A-Dog.
2: A-Dog. What are your Interesting. thoughts? Interesting. Take um, it away.
1: Take it away. Yeah.
2: So, um, first of all, I thought you guys did a really good job. I'm going to flatter you because I want to come back. Um, <laughs> but... I, yeah, I think it's really interesting how we see the Trump administration, but not just the Trump administration, a lot of Republican administrations, um, uh, putting Indian Americans and Asian Americans more broadly in a lot of high profile positions. Um, and part of that maybe is an electoral strategy. So for example, if you guys saw in the 2018, uh, midterm elections, some of the most surprising results came from Orange County, which is, um, traditionally been a Republican stronghold and recently uh, has been flipping towards the Democrats. And part of the reason there is that it's uh, wealthy Asian American uh, voters for years were part of the Republican base. And now that's a much less firm hold. So that's emblematic of the fact that across the country, I think Republicans are struggling to try to attract some of the wealthier suburban Asian American voters who they counted on in a lot of these districts. And I think another part of it is that, um, you know, it plays into the model minority myth that a lot of these administrations have been trying to um, put out. So uh, when Trump is accused of racism, of being against immigrants... He, first of all, is going to use Indian Americans, like he, in his speeches through a Republican Hindu coalition, to try to position it as though, no, I'm not against, yeah, yeah. LOL, LOL. (laughs) I'm not against minorities, I'm just against, like, the ones that, quote-unquote, don't work hard enough, or something like that. Um, And then the other thing I think that he does with Indian Americans is that it's a great foil when someone says oh, like, what a terrible racist administration. He says, no, I'm not racist. I have brown people, uh, ignoring the fact that these people, I think, predominantly come from very similar backgrounds um, that are not representative of, first of all, not representative of most Asian Americans, and second of all, not representative of most people of color in the country.
1: Awesome. I agree. And I mean, that affirmative action case also ties very closely into that. Oh
0: yeah, hundred percent. And I mean, we wanted to do a future episode about that, also, right?
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah,
0: so stay tuned. Stay tuned. You can mm-hmm. come back for that. Thanks for being our first guest.
2: Of course. Thanks, Adog. Thanks for having me. Enjoy the Golden Globes. Thank you.
1: A
0: dog brought up some really good points.
1: Yeah, and we'll dig more deeply into that when we talk about affirmative action. affirmative action. Yeah, definitely.
0: Okay, as A dog pointed
1: out, there's a lot going on there. Um. And no episode of the Brown Burndown would be complete without a Nick and Priyanka watch, which is now Nick and Priyanka watch 2K19. 2K19. Yeah. We made it. They made it. (laughs) They made it.
0: (laughs) They made it into the next calendar year. (laughs) Proud of them. Uh, Yeah, she's the face of Bumble. How do you think Nick feels about that?
1: I very much believe that this contract was signed before they started dating.
0: If you haven't seen the Bumble ads, they all just conveniently ignore the fact that she's a married woman, married <laughs> to Nick Jonas specifically, but also just the married. Let's focus on that first. Bumble is an app. Why is she
1: going on dates if Yeah, she's it's a dating married. app.
0: And yeah, there's like Bumble business and Bumble like Bumble BFF. BFF. What is that? That's
1: like. <sighs> Um, yeah, so she's the face of Bumble, and you should definitely watch that ad.
0: Oh, yeah, and so I think this is just, once again, the recurring theme is that they're just trying to stay on top, and they do so by posting multiple Instagrams per week. Nick's content is more often than not sponsored, right? Mm, yes. He, um posted a flashback friday picture of his bachelor party which included Kenneth from 30 Rock
1: Kenneth from 30 Rock which is like if you were to ask me least likely person to be a member of Nick's bachelor squad he would be number 2 no maybe he's number 1 who who would be weirder for him to be at his bachelor mm-hmm.
0: party Prime like Minister you Modi. probably <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Yeah. Melody was in the wedding too, so I guess
1: so, weird things happen, right? Stranger things happen. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, so that's odd. And we just wanted to
0: call it out in case no one saw it, because he is kind of just like blended in a crowd of yeah.
1: <laughs> guys. <laughs> but Kenneth, if you we saw click, you. Yeah, we saw you and we wanna <laughs> know how you met. And again, what you talk about.
0: Yeah, exactly. On Priyanka's side, it's like a it's a lot of pictures of her new family, right?
1: Yeah. Which is interesting because it's not just Priyanka. Sophie Turner is oh, also yeah. like definitely Sophie Turner. Reminder Sansa on Game of Thrones. You her sister-in-law. Her sister-in-law. Or to be to Joe Jonas. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, to be to be to be sister-in-law. But it's interesting because Sophie Turner, when Sophie Turner and Joe Jonas started dating, I feel like it was a news story. It was on Yahoo. People were talking about it because she was famous for being um, this like very. Iconic character on Game of Thrones. He was like a former Jonas brother. People definitely did not talk about it as much as they're talking about Nick and Priyanka. Um, yeah. And I think part of it was because they didn't make it into a publicity thing. They like
0: posted one like, picture and it was one over. Picture.
1: Sophie never used to post pictures of like the extended Jonas family and like how she's like become a part of it and like fame meets fame and like, but now that. Priyanka's also a part of it. It's become very Kardashian-like. Like, they're selling the whole family. So anyway, it's a different strategy.
0: It's, it's a definitely a different strategy. And we can give them the benefit of the, of the doubt. Maybe they're all just collectively super happy and jazzed about this new mm. change in their life. But at the same time, given their past strategy of using <laughs> this relationship to like capitalize and seek monetary gains, it does not
1: surprise me if they're just trying to remain relevant. It worked for Kim. It worked for Kylie. Yeah. Why not adopt the same strategy? Like, everyone wants to be a Jonas.
0: Okay. So, let's move on to the main event, because I feel like this is a huge topic
1: that... That makes us mad every time we go to London, and we go to London a lot. We do go to London a
0: lot. London London is super fun, but it reminds (laughs) us (laughs) of that time, (laughs) TBT, to when... uh, the British colonized our ancestors, right? And current TBT. loved ones also. This is like fairly recent history. I feel like when we talk about colonial colonial era in India, you have to realize it spanned a very very long time.
1: Colonialism is a whole like seven episodes we could do. Oh so. yeah,
0: hundred percent. Okay, because the British colonized India between sixteen twelve and nineteen forty seven. That's crazy.
1: Just what? Right? They just came. They just came, right? So, but yeah, so just to sort of streamline our anger, we are going to be focusing on um, something especially shiny, which is the Kohinoor Diamond, which is. A diamond that currently sits in the Tower of London. If you ever go to the Tower of yeah. London, you will see it there on prominent display. It's this gigantic diamond that sits in...
0: You have to pay to ga- get in, also. Yeah, one, you
1: have to pay to see these jewels, and you get to stand on this like yeah. little escalator that moves very, very Escalated slowly. Escalator that keeps going through. And you like, are like, no, like, come back, come back. No, and there it goes. <laughs> that was it. Um, and so this was very notably worn by Queen Elizabeth II, the current queen's mother, Um, It's typically the queen consort's crown, and it was also stolen from India and has not been given back.
0: So this is, like, a really freaking huge diamond. So when we're talking about this diamond, this is not, like, casual, like, ring blank. This is (laughs) a 105-carat diamond, which is why it's the center of this crown, um, and this this diamond has a very storied past also of how it was so important in India and was kind of very shadily handed off to the British in ways that made it seem like it was gifted but was let's not. be real let's break it down it was not
1: gifted it was stolen and this was a very violent period in India's history and basically the area yeah the area that's now Pakistan the only person left in line for the throne was this young boy, and by young we mean, well, I've read different things, nine or ten years old, Dilip Singh. Ten. He's, young he's a young kid. Li- he's a literal child. He's no Nick Jonas. He's a child. He's child, yes. Um, and his mother is Rani Jindan, and she's, you know, taking care of him. He's the king. Um... But, you know...
0: Which also, like, what do better India? That that monarchy?
1: I mean, I guess we should use this episode to take down the monarchy. But the monarchy is messed up. Okay, so anyways. um, But this poor kid, uh, they imprisoned his mother and forced him, and he's a 10-year-old, they imprisoned his mother, and then forced him in 1849 to sign this legal document that was basically amending the Treaty of Lahore, and um, this document basically said that he was giving away the Kohinoor diamond to Queen Victoria, and his entire claim to sovereignty of the lands. So they forced this 10-year-old to sign this document by imprisoning his mother. Does that sound like a gift to you? And yet, BBC articles as recently as 2016 claim that this like was a gift
0: okay bbc and then even in 2016 the bbc is trying to justify this as if it had this issue has two um equal sides right like no there's not two equal sides to this issue like one side did something that was completely wrong to another side end of story
1: it's crazy that they keep trying to justify it because you only make yourself look worse um
0: Oh, yeah. And then they have this article about like six mids about the Koinur diamond. And like one of the mids is like, it's a flawless diamond. Fact, it's not a flawless
1: diamond. Well, you know what? <laughs> it was, that's okay, great. It's like a tiny bit flawed diamond. Thank you. It's still huge. Also, it was twice the size, but when Queen Victoria got it, she was like, it's not shiny enough. So she like broke it down to be polished into a much smaller but shinier diamond.
0: Like, yeah stole this diamond cut it down you can't do that just this is so many levels of wrong this is making me so upset it's so
1: upsetting and then um the uh, the relationship between india and the uk is like such a i don't even i mean there's a lot of indians in the uk now but how could it not be a fraught relationship given that you colonized us like within living memory that's crazy um Right. But in 2010 David Cameron visited India and some very justified person asked um, if Britain would ever return the gem and his and I quote he said in response, if you say yes to one you suddenly find the British Museum would be empty. I think I'm afraid to say to disappoint all your viewers it's going to have to stay put.
0: What? like what? Oh, boo-hoo, the museum would be empty if we had to start returning all of these stolen items to where they belong. Like, that is the freaking point. Your museum should be empty. There is no reason. You should have a museum that's just full of pilfered stolen
1: goods. That's so wrong. If someone wants to see that, they can go to Delhi and see it in the museum there. The British Museum is not so amazing that they have, like, claim forever to everything that Britain has ever stolen and it makes me really mad that he said that as a prime minister and that's like the official stance because the indian government is is i think officially of the stance that they should get the diamond back and i think it's just doubly infuriating that it's sitting in the monarch's like crown as kind of this symbol of british rule today yeah which is just not congruent with the times we've right been.
0: how can you say you're progressive how can you say that colonialism is over And also just keeping in mind that this is the biggest jewel that the British stole. Like there are thousands
1: of other jewels. So I think it's ridiculous that they're holding on to this. And then I think it's like, it it feeds into kind of the deeper issues that the monarchy represents in India specifically and how we've just kind of washed this over and we like attend the Commonwealth Games and it's all good. Um, (laughs) But so I think it, it was in 2016 that Kate and Will came to Prince William and or Duke and Duchess whatever, something whatever Cambridge. Yeah. of Cambridge came to India for this quote unquote royal tour they were doing which is like this gigantic holiday that they took around like I think they went to Australia on that tour too yeah. they were having a, a grand all time and it, they came to Mumbai and it was like the talk of the town all these celebrities came out to like welcome them to India mm-hmm. and just have polite small talk with them about like the charities that they care about which but I can't imagine why – I I just don't understand how you can have those, like, honoring these royals. What do these royals mean to India yeah. at all except, like, a proliferation of this terrible, terrible thing that happened to yeah, Canada for so long? Yeah, it's oppression.
0: It's, like, acknowledging the oppression and we're like, oh, that happened. Like, we're chill with it now.
1: Yeah, like, what value did they provide coming to India – and, like, being treated like celebrities exactly. and welcomed with open arms. Like, what apology have they given? What reparations have they paid? Like, what yeah. do they deserve to be revered by right. the, like, who's who of India?
0: Exactly. And in just even in terms of, like, strategically, India putting itself on the map and becoming a better ally with the UK being chummy with the royal family doesn't do that for you like you nope. work with the british government and which i'm sure like that that is what's happening but i felt like entertaining will and kate in india and having them go on this elaborate tour around the country um i'm just primarily talking about their visit to the Th- Taj Mahal, which was <laughs> ridiculous. Um, you can follow Kensington Royal on Instagram, where
1: <laughs> which raps us,
0: which I do. But <laughs> um, Will posted this picture, um, but it was basically a picture of him and Kate in front of the Taj Mahal when it was they shut. It they shut the entire place down so that other people can get in, so these two could go admire it and. And it was the same spot where his mother had had sat and taken a photograph. And he chose that picture and the posting of that picture to be an
1: opportunity to reflect on, like, the memory of his mother and how. It, it- was, like, how it was so great that all these people come every day to honor his mother's yes, memory. Exactly. He, didn't,
0: like- he, like, didn't stop there. He took it a little bit too far. And it was, like, wait a second, <laughs> wait. Is that what you think the Taj Mahal is about? Yeah.
1: Like, Diana came once and sat on that bench that I've sat on. I'm sure you've sat on it. Like, everyone has sat on that. Yeah, bench. like, who do you think you are? Yeah, so it feels like there's still kind of, like, a patronizing, like, we're not going to give you your jewel back because we don't want to. And, like, it's a place that we can go visit whenever we want as kind of, like, a, a, a cute memory of what the British Empire used to be. And, like, we're, you know, it's just a very, I think, a patronizing approach to, I don't know. India as a country
0: yeah it's patronizing it casually just washes over all the wrongdoings of the British Empire right returning what's stolen seems like a very first good first step that hasn't been taken yet what are you waiting for colonialism ended over 60 years ago which why is it a why question? is it a question it's...
1: they didn't answer for anything and the least they could do was give us our jewels back and then we were during our research There was like one woman who was like okay like Maybe, for some reason, they have decided they can't give us our jewel back. At least acknowledge that this was stolen from
0: India. A lot of uh, dominant Western countries have done horrible things in their history, and the least thing they can do is at least educate their own citizens about the accuracy of their history, right? Teach people about slavery, Teach people about how you oppress an entire nation and stole their most valuable goods. Like, this is absolutely okay. Hot takes, hot takes, hot takes. Take. Yeah, favorite part of the episode. So, yeah. this is in relation to what we just talked about
1: because we are a pop culture podcast, we have to go down the tangentially related rabbit hole of the drama that has engulfed the royal family over the last few months. So, unless you've been living under a rock, you know that Meghan Markle, the former Suits actress, married Prince Harry earlier this year. Rab saw the Lifetime original movie about it, so was it good? Give us a TLDR. Uh,
0: TLDR is that they weren't able to cast Meghan Markle. (laughs) (laughs) Um... (laughs) With a woman who is as, like, you know, talented, beautiful, etc., 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 as she is. But they did a very good job, I thought, with that. Um, Harry is way hotter in real <laughs> life than in the movie, sadly. And Will is way hotter in the movie than he is in real life, sadly. So it balances out. It ba- yeah, it balances out. Um, overall, it was good quality trash. I highly recommend it.
1: <laughs> we watched the original, the KN
0: um oh movie together. Which spoiler, they include actual footage from the wedding it at the end because I think they've run out of the budget <laughs> to recreate the
1: wedding. <laughs> yeah. Better than the princess switch, I will say.
0: Which we don't endorse.
1: Which we do not <laughs> endorse. Do not waste your time. Um anyways, so Megan is now Duchess Megan and is part of the royal family but there's been a lot of drama around her so there are two sides of this story that will take mm-hmm. a little bit of time to go into there is side one which is anti-megan and there's side two which is pro-megan yeah um and i think like the anti-meganers are winning in the british media at least on yahoo the anti-meganers are definitely
0: which is a, too. that's a good source i'd say yeah
1: i mean that's where most of all of our information comes goes from through. so it's the only source um, And the anti megan side, I think, goes something like she's basically Priyanka. And we've gone deep, deep into Priyanka. Priyanka and Megan are very good friends, mm-hmm. apparently. Priyanka was at um, Megan's wedding. And she was one of the few, like, Megan's friends who was at the wedding. So exactly. the story goes something like, you know, Megan had... Uh, a normal life she had a best friend from growing up she was like trying to make it in LA and it wasn't really working out she married kind of this uh I think he was like a film producer dude who um they were super in love she had all these friends from her childhood and from her early days in LA and then she started to get big on suits and she decided that like she wanted to climb the social ladder supposedly so she divorces this husband who was like apparently so in love with her and they were so in love together but she decides she needs more for her career um she dishes her best friend who's been her best friend and was her maid of honor at her first wedding and like all of her friends from her former life completely gets rid of them and so by the time she's dating prince harry the only people that come to her wedding are these like supposed friends like priyanka who she can't have known for more than a year because priyanka was in mumbai doing bollywood as we know a year ago two years ago right right like, chalks up her acting career to become a princess at less than a year of dating Harry without really, you know, like, knowing his family that well or knowing what it would entail right. that well and just kind of dumped her friends and family.
0: Yeah, and I think um, there's also, there's a whole component to that side, the anti-Meghan side of, like, unearthing all these, like, dirty secrets about her past, right? Her previous marriage and her father, like, selling her stories to the media, which they talk about, in a Lifetime movie and it's drama guys it's a lot of drama but I do think that a lot of that was from this anti megan camp that was like oh my gosh this girl is like trash and she's trying to infiltrate our like pristine monarchy here um
1: I mean her family is actually cray though like her sister or half-sister whatever is in the tabloids every week like Alternatively, being like, I'm so sorry, Megan, let's be friends, I'm coming to Buckingham Palace, let's hang out. And then being like, she's so horrible, she's so manipulative, she's terrible, I'm writing a tell-all. Right, exactly. And then she's, her
0: brothers also, like, did some uh, interviews on the day of her wedding, like, very, like, passive-aggressively, like, we're here because we're not invited to the wedding.
1: (laughs) Yeah, which, like, okay. Okay. Everyone has, like, tangential terrible relatives, so... We won't falter for that, but it's it, it is crazy. It is it's crazy. Like, it's also crazy that I kind of feel like with all these conspiracy theories around Diana, I sort of thought that like the British monarchy was able to repress everything and anything, but I think I don't believe those conspiracy theories anymore. Not that I yeah. necessarily did, but I kind of did because they are th- handling this situation so, so poorly. Poorly,
0: which maybe that was intentional. Also,
1: yeah, that's true to throw us off the trail.
0: Yeah, to throw us off the trail, or also like. To intentionally make her look bad or Oh, also, sabotage right? her. Sabotage her, yeah, exactly. As a way to, like, make sure she knows her place. Like... Mmm. That is interesting. Have you watched The Crown? This... I have not watched The Crown. I don't know how accurate it is, but based on who the queen is in The Crown, she is manipulative. That's my hot yeah.
1: take. Yeah. I mean, that's... It's hot. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, basically, the anti megan side is very Priyanka vibes, except... Prince Harry is far more acceptable than Nick Jonas.
0: I think so too. I don't think in the like realm of like great men, I don't think he's He's on any list really.
1: But (laughs) I mean it is interesting also that they buried all those stories about his like naked Vegas partying and like Playboy. Like now he's just like the fun, cute one.
0: Yeah. Damn, those royals can work. They (laughs) know their PR.
1: PR is pretty good. Um, okay. Then there's the Pro Megan yes, side. The Pro Megan side is getting less airtime. Um, but that's why we're here.
0: That so, is why we're here. Exactly. Okay. So, okay, so the, this Pro Megan side, I feel like it I feel like in the American media at least, like people are gushing over Meghan Markle, right? Yes. Um, little simple things, like she closes her own car door and that's like the news article on Yahoo news, which is like what number one, not what number two, <laughs> but like also just in general, uh, she's shaking things up, and I think that in the U.S. at least, it's being perceived as a very positive thing, right? So yes. there, I feel like she's put up with a lot of BS, um, and she still has been able to like, at least from the way it's being perceived in the West, she's been able to like incorporate her uh ideas or like more like progressive ideals i guess into how she's acting as a duchess right um yeah
1: and i mean like the number one thing is she's the first mm non-white member of
0: the royal family ever yeah exactly she's the first non-white member of the royal family anyways point is that she (laughs) yeah she she's definitely a pioneer in this regard um and she's also had a, like, pattern of just doing what she wants. And I think it's, from what you can read in, like, tabloids and stuff, is that she's supposedly difficult. Um, She, well, for, like, obvious reasons. Like, she has had a career before marrying Harry. She's had to give that career up. Um And she has beliefs and morals. She had a whole blog. She's a vegetarian. She, like, won't go duck hunting, for instance, because... Which is apparently a thing that Bobby Jindal and the royal. <laughs> I common, was gonna say right because uh, she won't she won't go duck hunting because she's <laughs> vegan and she's an animal rights advocate. Like, good for you, Megan. So, I guess the the pro Megan camp is their thesis would be that she's like changing things in the monarchy for the better, and I mean I think she must be in some ways, but it's definitely it would be a disservice to her to not. Acknowledge the sacrifice that she's had to go through, which is far greater than any sacrifice that Harry's had to go through by marrying yes. this first woman of color to be the future or like to be a duchess, right?
1: There was like this Chris, was it a Christmas, some sort of a lunch that megan and Harry went to together that some relation wore this like racist oh skin yeah. to that was somehow acceptable and probably would have gone uncommented on, on had Megan not been a part of oh, it yeah. now not a sketch
0: okay. super sketch
1: um yeah so like the juicy gossip about them right now on top of that is basically that there's drama between the core four which are Harry will kate and megan um and some sources say that will is jealous that megan and harry are getting a lot more press than him and kate which has nothing to do with megan it's just i mean it's everything to do with megan because people are really excited about her shaking up the monarchy but it's not her fault it's not like she's intentionally like undermining will and kate and so for him to be mad at them about that is ridiculous and sorry the like basis of this drama is they all have been living happily together in um, Kensington Palace right now, I believe. Yeah. Um, and soon, uh, Meghan and Harry are going to be moving to Frogmore Cottage, which is very far away. And that was not expected. They were sort of all expected. All the royals, like Eugenie and Beatrice, right. whatever, everyone is supposed to live in Kensington Palace happily ever after or on the grounds of Kensington Palace. Right. So it's like a big deal that they've decided to move further away. And so people are speculating, what's the drama? Why don't they want to be together?
0: Which, I mean... We can just kind of objectively compare, like, what might be the source of that conflict, right? And I think it's, like, pretty obvious what Kate's life is and what Megan's life is, right? And I think also just in terms of, like, maybe Megan's overshadowing Kate a little bit, like, given the recent wedding and the pregnancy announcement and just, like, the little things she does, which, like, are as simple as, like, shutting your own car door, for instance, right? But kate definitely like what is her life like she
1: has she can't do anything she has and she didn't get to have a life before this right exactly she can't i mean like megan can be kind of like i retired like i did it i'm done whereas um and maybe that's what kate wanted and she you know is excited about that but i think it's according to the lifetime movie that's what she wanted (laughs) true that's what she's always wanted Um, yeah um so I don't know. She she just has had a very different path. So it's it's very clear that they would have different personalities. Like I can tell that and I don't know either of them. Right. Um, but that's not on like Megan to have changed her personality to fit in better with Kate who's had a very different life. Like that's kind of on Harry. Like you probably know that these girls aren't gonna get along and you're probably fine with it and decide mm-hmm. you love this woman, so you're gonna like sacrifice. Right, that. exactly. It's definitely
0: not Megan's responsibility to be like this warm, welcoming person in this family that she's a new member of, like, and is also yeah. like a different race, had a completely different upbringing than any of those people. Yeah, especially after she was used to like so much independence before. That's yeah. that's like that's got to be the hardest thing. You just cannot be independent anymore.
1: Can't do anything. Yeah, yeah. it's it's fame, but a very specific kind of fame.
0: Right. Exactly. And don't get us wrong; it's not like it's all that bad. Like they're right. they're they're doing pretty
1: fine. She could give back the Kohinoor diamond if she wanted. She to. she has that power.
0: Megan, if you're listening, <laughs> the diamond give us our diamond back. Make
1: it your number one priority. Children's education one <laughs> the diamond dirt. two. two. <laughs> <laughs> TLDR: Give us our jewels back. Publicly apologize. Pay us reparations. Leave Megan alone.
0: Boom. Mic drop.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. There you go. There you go. That's the episode. Um, Rate us five stars. Write us a review. You can email us. We have an email. It's thebrownburndown at gmail.com.
0: Send us an email. Let us know how you think. What you think. Email us instead of Bumble BFF. Just give (laughs) it a try.
1: We're here for you. We're here for you. (laughs) You can also give us some thoughts because we have a segment called Our Friends of Thoughts.
0: And oh. you may be featured like A-Dog was today.
1: Like A-Dog. You could be the next A-Dog. Yeah.
0: Gold. Honestly, that's my goal. That's my goal, too. <laughs> Working towards it. Got a long ways to go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well then, until